got one man up and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat as the last line of a defence and here goes Joseph. Joseph's going to get over. Oh, and he was absolutely knocked back into that tweet by Atwood. David Atwood has got titanium in his shoulders at the moment. Watson goes on the outside. Oh, Watson goes magnificently on the outside. Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug. The podcast by the fans, for the fans. Plugging the boys in blue, black and white. We're back for another week. Uh, I'm joined in Bath by Charlie. Charlie, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm doing very well, thanks, Tom. And the reason I'm in the hot seat uh, this week is Gabriel is down the line, uh, but here nonetheless. How are you, G? Evening, gents. Yeah, very well. How are you? Not too bad, thank you. And uh, despite a fallow week uh, in the Premiership, Bath weren't in action over the weekend, um, they did make uh, the back pages uh, for different off-the-field uh, reasons that we'll be, uh, we'll be coming on to. But first of all, um, did either of you boys uh, get the chance to see the, the, the semi-finals of the European Cup over the weekend? Two, two pretty uh, good, but I thought clear, clear results in the end. And uh, what a final it should be on the 11th of May, Charlie. Yeah, I know. It's the final everyone wants, really, isn't it, Tom? Uh, you know, Leinster, Le- Leinster Sarri has been the two best teams in the competition, I'd say. Uh, I couldn't understand. I'm glad I'm not a Toulouse fan because I mentioned it plenty of times this season. Play your best players in the best position. <laughs> they played their best player, Antoine Dupont, at 10 and put Roman Entomac on the bench when he should be playing at 10 and Dupont should have been at 9 I couldn't really understand that and they seemed to uh, it seemed to come completely alive when uh, when uh, Entomac came off the bench and they completely got themselves back into the game but uh, but yeah at least I'm not a Toulouse fan yeah no. completely agree with that Charlie like it was an odd team selection in the week and I think it proved so that, as you say they looked so much more lively when uh, Ensmack oh, came on yeah. and they moved to Pont and as well when Medard came on at 15 I thought Ramos kind of struggled a little bit at fullback and I think when he came on like they looked a completely different team and there was a moment there we thought they might get back into it but um, sort of class and, and discipline of Leinster kind of told in the end and I just think watching those two games like you say, Tom, there was, there was two clear winners, and I, I agree with that. But um, certainly the first half of the, the Munster-Saracens game, the quality of that rugby was, was so high. Like They talk about that sort of level of um, European rugby being like a test match, sort of standard and intensity. And like I look at that, and then unfortunately I look at some of the rugby I've had to watch week in, week out, being a Bath fan, and the sort of golfing class like that still exists between the top, the cream of the crop in Europe... And, and where we are at the moment, like it was kind of um, slightly worrying to see. And um, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed the rugby and it was, uh, it was a great watch. Well, I was going to say, you say that, but obviously two of the four mm. uh, semi-finalists were um, from, uh, from Bath's group. So, uh, you know, as we've said so many times this season uh, in all competitions, how different um, it could have been um, <laughs> uh, with a couple of results if they'd gone our way. But I'm not sure I would have uh, been too confident going out to, to, to Dublin uh, to, play, to play Leinster in the semi-final as Toulouse did. So what you're yeah. saying is if we're in a different group, we, we would be European finalists right now. European champions, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty hard since the final hasn't been yet. But hey. There we go. <laughs> so um, just before, lots to talk about uh, today. I will just say before we go on, if you're looking... Um, for us to talk about um, Bath's agonising loss uh, to the Cherry and Whites last week. That was on uh, the last podcast, so um, we won't be talking about uh, that today. But uh, yeah, do go back and, and have a listen to that episode. 
Um, and indeed, subscribe and have the uh, episode uh, automatically delivered to your feed um, on a weekly basis. Um, so this week, uh, plenty to talk about, as I say. Um, we'll be looking ahead to, uh, oh, we say this every week, boys, but Bath's all-important uh, game <laughs> against Sale at the AJ Bell on Friday night. Uh, I believe Charlie's uh, also prepared a topical uh, quiz for us. Yeah. Um, and there are some other little bits of news I think to talk about on there, boys. Details, isn't yeah, it? yeah, just small, something. small bits of news. And I think sort of we'll start with uh, the elephant uh, in the room, as it were. Charlie, um, Todd Blackadder, um, obviously announcing that he'll be departing um, at the end of the season. Um, and I think just before we we get stuck into this, boys, we should be sort of clear um, about what's been said by the club on this. I think. Um, there's been a lot of speculation, a lot of dif- uh, differences of opinion, um, certainly over social media around this. Um, to me, it does seem clear that it was Blackadder's decision to leave Bath. The official statement on the website um, said that he announced that he will leave Bath Rugby at the end of the season. The director of rugby has been granted early release from his one-year contract extension in order for him to allow uh, to allow him to join Toshiba in Japan next season. So um, yeah, cash money. <laughs> well, before, before we go into it, what were your Charlie? What were your initial? What were your initial overriding um, emotions when you saw the news? Yeah, well, uh, I'm 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 a bit disappointed to be honest. I I I think that Todd Blackhead is actually a very good coach, and I think he's he's just he seems to just come out on the wrong side of too many unfortunate defeats. Uh, and you know, lots of people say. Uh, there's you, you know you, you can only lose so many times for example and uh, he's, he's, he's got to be shown the door but I think I think he's 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 done a lot of positive things while at his, during his time at the club especially uh, especially bringing through young players you know the likes of Mercer uh, Ellis we, we we've got um, some some other guys uh, uh, coming through for, for, for the for next season and uh, Miles Reed. Uh, Will Vaughan, there's uh, Jack Walker, who's who's already in in the team. There's plenty of guys. I'm trying to think of them on the top of my head, but uh, uh, I, I think he's he's certainly going to leave us uh, in in good stead for the future. But um, yeah, it's, it's it's a shame 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 to see him go uh, for me. But uh, I, there's there's plenty of reasons for and against why why he should uh, why he should go. Yeah, and just to take a step back, G. Obviously, I think we'll go on to talk about. Um, you know, the legacy that we think that Blackadder has left um, after his three seasons at Bath and also some of the things, um, you know, that we, ha- we have been critical um, of over that time. But gee, what was your um, overriding emotion when you saw the news? Are you disappointed uh, with the news? Are you excited that, um, you know, next season uh, brings, brings new things and new opportunities, new personnel as well? What was your, what, what was your feeling overall? Yeah, I think the sort of overriding emotion was, was definitely one of surprise initially like I, I definitely did not see this coming I was I was sort of convinced that um, we were going to stick to the plan laid out at the start of the season and Todd was going to do one more year and then the change was going to come so I think surprise um, and then kind of thinking about it I, I sort of agree with Charlie and just what you were saying Charlie I didn't want to butt in but um, one guy that springs to mind with the comment you were making was is Tom Dunn like we spoke to him earlier in the season and, and he sort of um like commented on the impact Blackadder has had on on his career, but yeah, I do think no, certainly definitely. some positives, um, certainly some negatives, uh, and yeah, I think kind of okay sort of legacy left, uh, but yeah, one of surprise when I when I heard the the news initially, certainly. 
Yeah, and I think you know we should be clear. We mentioned it. I think it it very much is Blackadder's decision, and that makes sense. You know, you mentioned um, the vision that's been uh, set out, obviously in that open letter to supporters, and the idea was, I think, very much for Blackadder to to see out the the, the extension to his contract that he signed back in September, um, and then. As, as we've mentioned, Stuart Hooper um, would look to take over following uh, next season. So, you know, we'll come on to some of the speculation around his successor um, and what's going to happen there. But um, yeah, I think, first of all, boys, let's have a look at um, Blackadder's uh, three seasons at Bath. Then. And I, I would just um, start it off by, you know, taking us back to um, when he joined. And obviously, um, there'd been a, that had been a disastrous campaign. Um, we'd finished ninth in the table. Mike Ford um, left under a cloud. George Ford obviously left to see out the remainder of his contract at Bath. Neil Hatley, um, who was obviously a very influential figure at the time, also left uh, to go and coach England. And I think the first season that Blackadder came in, um, missed the start of pre-season, if you remember, boys. Um, and then ultimately we finished fifth in that first season um, and actually got into the Challenge Cup final. So for me, that that was a really you know successful season, and it, 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 it to me it all good for greater things to come. I think. What what what, what do you think about that? Yeah, I certainly think like it is important to remember the context in which he he came into the club, as, as you say, Tom. Um, and I think that sort of uh, um, sort of showed the way for the way a lot of things were going to go um, throughout his his tenure at Bath. Like things just didn't quite um, go right, and things were always sort of he always seemed to be slightly behind the eight ball I feel like you look at that late start that he had missed pre-season when he came in Bath had the, the smallest squad in the premiership and so he had to make you know a number of emergency sort of signings that season um, then Tabai Matson, his, his sort of yeah. right hand man a guy that he spent a lot of time with knew reasonably well from, from New Zealand him leaving sort of a season later that didn't go well and, and the other thing is sort of injuries and I know a lot of clubs sort of every club has a load of injuries but it does seem like he's always had to um not he's always not been able to play his best players and I do think a number of things have kind of gone against Blackadder um starting with you know his ability not to start on time and and yeah I do think that's important important to say however um sort of when that he got over all of that in that first season as you said it was quite a successful first season so I don't think the improvement has then come because we finished fifth that season and got to the, the semi-finals you say Tom and it's not kicked on from there we haven't done any better than that and I think he did really well in that first season to, to do what he did given the circumstances but since then there's been sort of no improvement I don't think and, and that's what's been so frustrating for Bath fans Yeah I'd, I'd completely agree Gabriel you've, you've said exactly what I was uh, what I was going to uh, what I was going to say you know that first season having finished fifth uh, you're just expecting to kick on from there and it feels like we've kind of been stuck in in, in limbo obviously we've we, we finished mid-table every single year since he's been here so uh, it's, it's 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 a bit worrying that we haven't haven't really been able to see that see that yeah that that that, that change uh, in the club and actually getting the results because uh, when it comes down to it, boys, it's it, it, it's results that, that that we all want. We want we want to be in the top four. We want to be having a semi final, and we want to be in finals Charlie, again. Let, let me ask you this: then. Why do you think after that successful uh, first season, finishing fifth and, and semi final of the of the challenge, could be as you say? Why specifically do you think he wasn't able to kick on and make those improvements in the in, in the two seasons that followed? Uh, I'd say there's a couple of factors. Uh, he's been brought into a club that. 
he hasn't been able to choose the players that 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 he's that he's he's signing. I think there's a big influence perhaps from uh, from you know the the managing body at the club. You know the the, the Bruce Craigs, for example. I do think there is quite a big influence there, uh, which is perhaps why so many coaches, so many head coaches and uh, DORs have struggled at the club. And you know, you've mentioned them all already, Tom. Uh, and also coaching staff, there's obviously, he's wanted to try and make some changes, but it's it's difficult to have an, an immediate impact if you're not able to you know, control those control those areas. But uh, it, it, it's, it's a tough one. It's a tough one to exactly say what the problem is, but I think this season was the first time we've really seen his vision. Um, and you, you, look, you look at the players that have been signed across the board, uh, that, and he's he started getting in you know, mental coaches. Uh, there's, there's, you know, Katie Warren has come in. I think there's been you know, more of his influence and there's some certain areas that have been touched up on, but I'm not sure we've seen the results in those areas. And that's why this season, I think we've ultimately, we've, uh, uh, yeah, we've, we've failed we've, to we've, kick yeah, off. We, yeah, we tripped up. Yeah, I think you touched on an interesting point there, Charlie, and that's sort of how much influence kind of Todd Blacker has at the club. And, and we really don't know sort of who is making the signings, who's doing the recruitment, who's co- like how much coaching Todd's doing, how much scouting Todd is doing. We do, like the, the, the sort of roles of, of, of people at the top of the club really isn't that clear, which I think is unfortunate. And I, I think that has sort of translated into real hit and miss recruitment, which has really not helped um, really not help our sort of progress. I think that's been a key sort of factor. Like we have made some some good signings. Like Rory McConaughey is a is a prime example of someone that we've brought in and has had made instant success on 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 what you know. I, I would imagine I, I'm confident is is a really good deal. But then you look at other guys, sort of Lucas Nogueira coming in from Vic from Argentina, mm-hmm. a 24 year old loose head prop with 60 caps for Argentina, and he's probably played five times for Bath this season. I think that hit and miss recruitment. Um, it's been a real key sort of factor yeah. in why we haven't kicked on. And, and I think a part of that is we just, well, I don't know if they know 100% sure who's making the, the final decision. And, and if Blackadder's getting the players he wants, if Dempsey's getting the players he wants, if, if Booth is getting the players he wants. And I think that sort of needs to be made clear. And that's going to be key when we announce our future coaching structure, sort of who's making that decision, who's making that decision, who's making that decision, because you need to get that right. The other point, the other point I'd make on that is I don't think that the likes of, you know, Charlie, you mentioned uh, Victor Delmas, Cooper Vuna, these guys that Blackadder had to sign um, on short notice. I don't think they were sort of strategic long-term signings. And I think it's important to say that. I see those as sort of more sticking plaster signings. And the reason I think that, you know, we had to make those uh, that those short-term or those those sort of quick uh, signings, as it were, was firstly because if you mentioned, G, the, the, the small squad size when he joined. And secondly, the other thing you mentioned, the I-word uh, that has plagued Bath for uh, a couple of seasons, and that's injuries. Um, you know, and I was having a, a look at some of the injuries that, you know, our top players have had over Blackadder's uh, tenure at Bath. So Anthony Watson um, has obviously missed more than a year, as we're aware. Jonathan Joseph... Um, and Benu Urbano, nine months apiece with their recent injuries. And Toby Falatau, obviously our other uh, British and Irish Lion, has had five injuries lasting more than 10 weeks each in his three seasons at the club. Okay, and he has never started a game, Falatau has never started a game alongside Sam Underhill and Francois Lowe in his time <laughs> at Bath. 
And so, and I know it, it, these are excuses, and 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 you know there are, um, I think, wider and more fundamental problems um, with what Blackadder's done at Bath. But you know, being plagued with injuries in that way makes it very, very difficult for someone to get consistency um, of performance and consistency of results, doesn't it, Charlie? Yeah, of course it does. But it, yeah, it is. It- it's very easy just to point fingers at injuries and uh, and, and and pass it off as that, but you know it's it's a it's a contact sport. Like injuries are no doubt going to happen, and you, you yes, sometimes you are sometimes you are unfortunate, but I I think there isn't necessarily a trend across three seasons that we've been stuck in 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 fifth and sixth because of injuries. No. Yeah. Yeah. Go on. Sorry, John. Just for you, point that you raised there, like, yeah, I, I accept sort of some of the short-term deals that we've had to make have been forced on, and, and aren't perhaps within the the long-term planning of the club, and and so you can't really evaluate them as hit or miss signings. But but then you look at you know perhaps someone else um, who who we signed in in this sort of uh, regime, and that, that that's our, our fly half, Freddie Burns. That was a signing that we made sort of with the long-term future of the club in mind, and and he's now sort of well played well against Gloucester of course but for the majority of this season he's been out of favour so I do think there's been you know even in those long term signings those guys that we would assume would be around for sort of a long time I think there still has been a real sort of hit and miss nature about them and, and as I said I do think that's um, that's uh, held us back uh, and I don't yeah. know if that's Todd's fault or, or, or if that's someone else's fault no, as you say, and with all these things, it's very hard to uh, pin the blame or indeed the credit um, on any particular person. But I think, you know, ultimately for these uh, th- these really important issues, I think the buck ultimately does uh, stop with uh, Todd Blackadder. And I think that's the reason he has uh, sort of rightly or wrongly uh, come under uh, a criticism for, for, for sort of the lack of performance um, that we've shown. So, yeah, guys, I guess we touched on a few anything to add there well no sorry just one thing as well I don't know whether you where you're going to move that on to Tom but um sort of one thing that's been like really um like prominent on on Twitter and I think we put a tweet out about it and that's just talking about sort of Todd Blackadder as being like a a really good bloke um and how that may have sort of held us back in the past and and maybe he's um not as harsh on his players as he could have been and maybe he hasn't got that um sort of winning mentality I wonder what you guys sort of thought about that because um, I'm certainly not sure that I uh, 100% buy that, that that sort of rhetoric I'm not sure you can say that really like he's 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 obviously had success at Crusaders when he was uh, when he was down in in, in Super Rugby he took into plenty of finals yeah he didn't always didn't get across it. the line but um, he, he was certainly successful and got them to the top of the competition Uh and I, I, I think it's extremely important to have that manage, management style uh, in in rugby, which I, I believe he does actually have that quality. It's not necessarily about being ruthless. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say that uh, the, the coaches at Saracens and Exeter are ruthless. I'd say that they they manage their men well and they and they rotate in and out. It's not necessarily a yeah yeah. It's not it's not a you don't you don't have to be ruthless to be successful in rugby. And if anything, I'd say. Uh, say coaches like Eddie Jones, who who are pretty ruthless, uh, he's been highly criticised for you know, perhaps not bringing in players and 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 being being kind of the opposite end end of the spectrum. And I, so I I wouldn't really say that that applies to Todd. I think yes, he is he is he is a good bloke, and that that you know he has a he has a good reputation in that sense. But I don't think uh, that boils down to why he's been uh, been a failure. 
No, in, in fairness to Eddie Jones, though, he has uh, won a World Cup, got to another final and beat Slavka with Japan. So maybe you need to be uh, ruthless. But no, I, I completely agree with you. I kind of don't think that plays a, a part. And so the top blacker that I think the fans see, um, you know, it, 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 in the media... Um, especially, I, I think he's sort of perhaps putting on a bit of a face, and I imagine—I mean, I, we've no idea—but I imagine behind closed doors, there's a, a slightly um, more ruthless and more uh, sort of that side of him comes out because I, I can't imagine that he's been a, a coach at the highest level and, 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 and is a pushover, which I think has perhaps been wrongly suggested um, by certain Bath fans uh, since since he's left and, and during his tenure yeah. as well. I'm not saying by any means that he's a pushover. Well, no, and 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 you, and you look at other successful uh, coach in the Premiership, and and uh, Rob Baxter uh, springs to mind, and he always comes across as a very calm, um, collected, uh, and ultimately very very nice uh, bloke for Exeter. And I'm and I'm I'm sure behind uh, closed doors he dishes out the the necessary treatment when on the rare occasion uh, Exeter don't perform. I, w- I would just say, and I think we should move this along um, a little bit, boys, is that you know there has been fairly strong criticism of, of Blackadder. Um, he everything he's done at Bath has been classy. He's acted with with dignity, and he's shown himself um, to be uh, a really uh, good bloke, as you say, throughout his 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 whole time at Bath. So um, yeah, we certainly um, would have preferred it. I think all of us, if he'd stayed another season and, and seen out his contract, but um, understand his his decision. It does sound uh, like a good opportunity uh, in Japan, um, and yeah, we we wish him we wish him all the best. I just I just we, we've mentioned a few of the sort of I guess. Maybe not positives, but I guess mitigating uh, factors. You know, injuries, uh, the context of the club at the time, Matson uh, leaving midway through that season. G as as you mentioned. Um, also, some of the players he's brought on. Um, you mentioned Tom Dunn, Elliot Stook, um, Ben Obano, Tom Ellis, um, Max Green as well, um, who, who he signed uh, from the Championship. So a number of success stories that again you don't know if are, are purely attribu- attribu- attributable to him um, or, or, or other coaches. Let's just come on to, to a few of his, his sort of potential um, failings. I think we touched on a few of these, but one, one thing I'll be interested to, to get your thoughts on, Gio, I'll, I'll come to you first, is he's obviously coming from the Crusaders um, in, in Super Rugby, which is obviously a very different style of play, very different conditions out there. Firstly, how would you characterise Blackadder's style of play? In, in sort of simple terms. And secondly, why do you think that that style of play hasn't necessarily been able to translate um, into sort of positive performances um, in the Gallagher Premiership? Well, I think certainly last season we um, is, is sort of the, 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 the blueprint of, of what Blackadder is trying to do. And, and I think, um, well, what he was trying to do and what he did at the Crusades, and I think that was sort of having not having a lot of the ball, uh, making a lot of tackles, um, winning the breakdown battle, I think, vitally, um, and sort of scoring off turnovers um, and being clinical, but being happy sort of without the ball. And I think that that's worked really well for, for certainly the Crusaders in, um, in, in Super Rugby. And I think that uh, legacy has been um, carried on by by their coach now, Scotty Robinson, who who mm. sort of had success at the club based still on on that style of play. And, and I don't know why that hasn't sort of translated to the Premiership. Perhaps it's um, a di- like different. Uh, different interpretations of the breakdown. I'm not entirely sure why that didn't work. And I think this season, he's kind of accepted that, that it didn't work last year. And we've seen a complete change around in his style of play. And I think that's been kind of a, um, 
been kind of helped and, and supported by the introduction of, of Gervin Dempsey and, yeah. and, and other coaches. And I think we have tried to keep the ball a lot more this season, go through the phases. It's been, it's been noticeable that we're happy to go through multiple phases, whereas the season previous, um, we were kicking the ball away sort of a lot more. Um, and I don't know why sort of we haven't had success with with, well, with either of those kind of um, kind of game plans and and you know there's a lot of talk about game plans and and I, I think both of those game plans can work successfully I just think it's the implementation of them by the players and the players all sort of being on the same page with those game plans um, and, and 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 having consistency in selection as well because if you have consistency in selection and and a game plan I think whatever that game plan is it can work whether that be in the Premiership whether that be in the Super Rugby and and why it hasn't worked is because of the lack of consistent selection. And, and and perhaps um, you know the the players aren't being coached well enough. Yeah. Of, you know, the that game plan isn't being coached well enough. Yeah, and there's always an element of sort of game plan versus execution. And, yeah. um, you know, it's probably fair to say that uh, Blackadder um, in his time at the Crusaders, you know, with the likes of uh, Richie McCaw and Dan Carter in that squad at the time, potentially had slightly more um, skillful and experienced players um, to try and implement uh, that game plan. Um, yeah, but I think you've you've sort of... Um, sum that sum that up well there. I don't know if, if Charlie, have anything to add on on Todd Blackadder or, uh, or and his time at Bath, or should we move on to the to the wild and, and exciting uh, uh, sort of speculation that's been going on around his around his successor? Yeah, yeah, of course. I just think uh, Gabriel mentioning lack of consistency in selection is probably a little uh, a little hint towards um, uh, the ten jersey. Is that is that perhaps is that, is that perhaps true, Gabriel? Mate, the 10 jersey, uh, the centre partnership as well. We've not seen Joberts nearly enough in, in Blackadder's time. The back row, the front row, the second row, everywhere, mate, everywhere. So, um, yeah, I think we've ha- we've really struggled with consistent selection across the board. Yeah, the 10 is um, is certainly an area of that. And just my last thought on, on Blackadder, like we sort of skirted around his, his time at the Crusaders and, and he's certainly left a legacy for, for future successes. So, uh, fingers crossed, Bath can go back-to-back premierships um, uh, after Todd leaves. Yeah, well, and let's 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 move on uh, to the future, then, boys. Um, and as I mentioned, uh, you know, looking through social media, you see uh, every uh, top-flight coach um, in the world. I think I've seen mentioned uh, as as Todd's successor. Uh, you know, seen seen Eddie Jones, uh, Warren Gatlin, Joe Schmidt, Michael Checker, uh, Sean Edwards, Stuart Lancaster. Um, all these uh, these sort of names. Um, but at the top of that list, um, Stuart Hooper, boys. Um, and, you know, it looks as if um, the long-term plan um, will be uh, accelerated one season and Stuart Hooper will take over as, as director of rugby. First of all, um, thoughts um, around some of the speculation that, 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 that you've seen and where, where do you think this is going, Charlie? Yeah, it doesn't excite me at all, to be honest. Everyone goes on about... Hooper. Hooper, yeah. Hooper doesn't, doesn't excite me at all, I don't think. Uh, I don't think that's the wisest decision. Watch me get proved wrong, I hope. Uh, but, yeah, I think I think you do need experience in, in these coaching jobs. Uh, I think they, they, they have tried to bring Hooper through within the more backroom staff ranks. Uh but I'm I'm not filled with confidence. I think it's very easy for someone new as well to get to get put, uh, well, to you know, to get shot down very easily. If if it does, if if next season doesn't go very well, 
uh, I can I can see a, a, a kind of Nick Kennedy scenario uh, that happened last year with with, with London Irish uh, happening to Stuart Hooper and him being him being him being kicked out for any failure. And if if, if it turns out we're suffering from the same uh, from from the same mitigating circumstances as we called them this year. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I, I can see I can see him probably being shown the door. Yeah, well, gee, just before I, I ask you about um, Stuart Hooper, let's entertain um, some of this speculation um, for a second. So on the assumption that, uh, say, Bath were looking for a, a high-profile um, interim um, director of rugby, I, I, I think you said you'd, you'd, you'd seen some, some results of a, a poll, is that right, on, on who... Bar fans um, would like to would like to see uh, come in. Can you talk to us about that. Yeah, so I think um, on the on the Bath Rugby supporters Facebook group, okay. uh, shout out to them guys there again. Uh, if you're not following them, please do because it's it's really good sort of uh, Bath content. Whilst um, in in the in the sort of uh, days when we're not in your ears, and and I think yeah, two polls that uh, that there was ran on there. And, and firstly, just to pick up on what you were saying, Charlie, how you perhaps weren't hundred percent happy with uh, Stuart Hooper being the new director of rugby, and there was a simple for or against. Hooper as director of rugby and 570 people were against compared to just 51 people for Hooper being put in as director of rugby so I think a lot of Bath fans certainly on that forum sort of echoing your thoughts there Charlie Um, and then yeah with what you were saying um, Tom as for the, the next DOR, and it was a, a kind of another sort of landslide victory for, for Stuart Lancaster, who got 499 of the votes, uh, compared to 224 for Warren Gatland, uh, Sean Edwards with 54, and Hooper with just 15 votes on that poll. So, yeah, I think um, certainly people kind of um, looking for a big name um, and not very happy with, with Hooper at DOR. Yeah, I think we need to sort of be clear here because obviously we're talking about two different things here. So director of rugby um, is a very, very different role to head coach. If we're talking about uh, Stuart Lancaster specifically, you know, he's shown himself uh, particularly at Leinster, but I think also to an extent um, at England, you know, with the foundations that he laid, that he is a very, very good coach. What I'm not so confident about is how good a director of rugby he is. Stuart Hooper um, on the other hand, you know, going back to to social media, Henry Weeks uh, tweeted us, and we're at Bath Rugby Plug, saying, "Please, can you c- clarify for people that Hooper will not be coaching? It's a very different role to to head coach." And you know, I, I had a look at this, and I, I can answer your question directly, Henry, because Stuart Hooper's actually done no formal coaching. I think with the departure of of, of Tobias Matson, he would have been involved to an extent. Um, but he's done no none of his coaching badges, so he's not a qualified coach. I see him his role as something much more in the management uh, side of things. So director of rugby, um, general manager, as he is now, whatever that sort of vague title means, or involved in in something like recruitment. And I think the same can be said for for Stuart Lancaster. And we are, um, as we've mentioned, boys, looking for. Um, coaches Charlie to replace uh, Toby Booth and uh, Darren Edwards it looks as if um, Luke Charteris um, will be retiring at the end of the season um, and coming into the coaching setup to work on line out um, and defence specifically anyway that's what's been uh, sort of speculated in, in in Somerset Live I saw earlier so do you see you know a big high profile name uh, coach coming in um, or would you like to see someone on the director of side coming in to sort of manage the club uh, more broadly well I think there's two very different styles of 
of, of the or out there you know you do have your types who 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 are in in the track suits and they do have more presence on the field and you have the guys who are who are who are in the shirt and tie and are, and are in the back room like you're saying Stuart Hooper is um so yeah it's 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 tough I think I I, I would like to see a head coach uh you know, a, a big name head coach who can come in and, and, and sort out bar style of play uh I I don't think there's too much I, I think that's been our main area. There hasn't been too much uh, problems in, in, in the selection side of things, I, I don't think. Um, uh, obviously, there's areas that, that, that can be concerned, but I think this season we've, we, we have had a clearer image of what our, what our, 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 starting, uh, our starting 15 should look like. Uh, and we, we haven't been jumping around, uh, you know, aside from 10, I'd say, uh, we haven't been jumping around too much. But what, what do you think, Gabriel? I'm, I'm yeah, I do favor. think like, it's, yeah, they are completely like different roles. And like, I think if, if we were to go down this sort of route where, um, where it looks like we are going to go down, where Hooper is going to be a sort of non-coaching DOI, I do think that would be you know, almost revolutionary, certainly in the Premiership. Like, I spoke to a, a, an extra fan friend uh, earlier this week about this sort of situation, um, and certainly Rob Baxter there, he doesn't do a great deal of, of coaching of the players. He's definitely more of a, Ali, uh, a Ali non-coaching Hooper, director, director of rugby. However, he definitely has an input impact in the coaching and is as you, a qualified coach whereas Stuart Hooper isn't as you say Tom and, and I do think splitting them so much would be a, a massive move for Bath because I, I don't think anyone else in the Premiership is, is doing it so like I accept there's probably slight differences but having someone that is definitely non-coaching at the top would be a, a really big step and um, yeah certainly an exciting one especially if we can get someone with a load of experience um, someone who doesn't want to have to deal with the personnel issues the off the field issues someone who isn't interested in that someone who yeah. just wants to get his hands dirty and coach someone like Stuart Lancaster someone like Neil Hatley yeah. one of these guys who's just keen to just coach these boys and make them better players and leave the off field stuff to, to Stuart Hooper you know whether Hooper's the right man to do that you know only time will tell but I do think this could be a really exciting move for the club if we can get the right guy to coach these players up like we could be this could be sort of look back on as a really um, sort of revolutionary moment in, in, in the Premiership like it's something they do in the in the NFL like I don't know if um, if Henry Weeks the, the, the guy who, who sent the tweet in is, is, a, is a fan of that but the general manager in that sport it isn't part of the coaching setup at all that is just a personnel role so be that playing personnel coaching personnel off the field personnel and that's a much bigger role in the NFL because there's bigger rosters um, and there's more sort of in-season trades and, and, and free agents but if that's what Hooper's role is going to be and then there's going to be a head coach below him which I think that's what's going to happen um, then that could be really exciting and, and some of the names that are being banded around you know that could be uh, fantastic if we can get one of these guys like I'd love to see Hatley back for example Langston might be a, a really good appointment and yeah I think I think this could be great I think I'm reasonably positive about about the news and I think it's important to sort of recognise that Hooper isn't going to be coaching and, and having a lack of experience in coaching isn't going to matter the only sort of downside I can I can sort of imagine with this is kind of if it starts to go wrong, sort of where does the, the buck stop? Um, because if he is the head man, but he's not coaching and the players aren't performing, then, you know, 
does the buck still stop with him or does the buck then stop with the, the head coach? And I think that would be sort of a, a potential downside. But yeah, I'm excited, guys. And, and I'm really enjoying sort of the speculation about who we're going to get. And uh, yeah, some of the names are, are, are sort of exciting me. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm quite positive about it. Yeah, and you know, we, we talk about sort of ins and outs uh, of players um, at, the, at the start of, of each season. And if we look at this sort of from the, from the DOR and coaching staff perspective, obviously um, we've got Blackadder, Booth and Edwards now announced as leaving. Um, I think it's widely sort of expected that Gervin Dempsey will sort of move up um, into that sort of head coach uh, role or at least sort of as a, as a very, very senior uh, coach um, sort of in the setup. Obviously, Luke Charteris, as I mentioned, um, will be coming in. He's done his uh, coaching badges, but obviously isn't um, experience and Stuart Hooper um, who as you say G, you mentioned general manager um, in the NFL his current title as I mentioned earlier at Bath um, is general manager so maybe it is that they're very much um, looking to emulate that sort of role but to me when I look at that that whole whole sort of setup um, I would really like to see as you mentioned someone senior come in and I think Neil Hatley would um, sort of be the perfect appointment obviously with Gervin Dempsey um, focusing on the backs there Luke Charteris more as I mentioned on the on the line outside of things and then Neil Hatley to come in as sort of a, a head forward coach to I guess provide um, a bit of guidance uh, to Luke Charteris the other point um, I would make is that you know these guys aren't just uh, new to uh, coaching, they're new to coaching at Bath. If we got someone like Stuart Lancaster, some of the other um, big names that we've mentioned, um, they wouldn't necessarily, obviously it would take them time to get up to speed with how things work at Bath, um, the management structure um, above the above the sort of coaching and, and DOR setup. Um, obviously, Neil Hatley spent a number of seasons at the club um, prior to Todd Blackadder. So he, to me, um, seems like the perfect man um, to come into the setup. Yeah, I'd agree with that, Tom. I think certainly when he left, like he left sort of on, on his own terms, like I think Bath were really keen to keep hold of him. And I, I remember at the time, a lot of the players sort of coming out and saying you know, how grateful they were for the impact they had on, on, on his career. Um, and I think he is still based in Bath, so, so, so that would be fine. But the only issue I would have with that is kind of the timing of that, because I would imagine, well, I, I'd be almost sure that he's going to stay with England throughout the duration of the World Cup. And then he's probably going to want a bit of time off after that. So, so sort of when is he going to be able to come in? He's not going to have the pre-season um, coaching these guys up and getting the, the game plan. And we may see something like we had in Todd's first season where we um, we sort of, you know, he, he, he's sort of starting behind the eight ball, you know, he's behind the eight ball before he's even started. If he can't start exactly on time, like that would be the drawback I would have maybe with, with someone like Neil Hatley. But as you say, yeah, a, a really well-liked guy and a real, um, you know, a really well sort of, respected coach I think yeah right I think we've we've sort of uh covered that off Charlie I'll just um ask you for for, for you know give you the final word um on Todd Blackadder obviously he has been at the club for for three seasons and uh, as I say we wish him well if you were to sort of give a one-line um assessment um of Todd Blackadder's time um at Bath and the legacy uh, that he's left uh what would it be like you narrow it down into one word almost it's just plucky I think is probably the way it's it, you could you could put it too but uh, yeah uh, he's been uh, been been uh, a top bloke throughout as we said but yeah I think he's he's, he's been been the plucky loser in this situation steady uh, the ship I think though, yeah it's worth saying yeah and uh, you know hopefully yeah, points us in the right direction for the future there yeah, we go I think steady 
steadied the ship and um, didn't improve, but hopefully has laid the foundations with the coaches and the players that he's brought in to sort of uh, stand us in good stead for uh, the sort of succession plan, which, um, fingers crossed, is, is, is going to go well. We will remain um, optimistic uh, as ever, uh, chaps. And uh, yeah, just just uh, worth saying, I think that um, obviously we had a fairly lengthy discussion about uh, Todd Blacker on uh, last week's uh, podcast. That was obviously uh, made us to look quite silly when minutes, the uh, wasn't it? yeah <laughs> when the uh, announcement was made. But uh, do get in touch with us um, or, or continue to to get in touch with us um, about all of these issues. We're at Bath Rugby Plug. Uh, on Twitter um, and we'll try and sort of incorporate all your thoughts and comments um, as we can going forward because no doubt this um, this isn't the end of this and we'll see this evolving um, as Bath look to make their announcements uh, for the future and for and for next season. Okay so just moving on from uh, that piece particular piece of news then um, and we've tried to sort of keep abreast boys um, of uh, Bath United um, and the under-18s uh, performances this season um, as we've gone through. Um, Bath United um, had their last game um, of the season um, last week uh, against Bristol Bears A eh? uh, at the Rec. Uh, that was over the bank holiday weekend, I believe on the Saturday. Um, obviously, very nice weather over the bank holiday, so I'm uh, not sure what the attendance was for that, but I believe it was it was well supported. Unfortunately, um, we fell foul um, to Australian uh, legend George Smith, um, who I think is in his, his late 30s. He rolled back the years um, and scored a hat-trick um, in that game. Um, we ultimately lost 26-22, uh, despite uh, a strong comeback um, in the second half. So um, I guess not the result uh, we would have wanted to, but I guess we still have the, the bragging rights uh, over Bristol Bears um, after the clash uh, on Twickenham, uh, at Twickenham, sorry. I mentioned this is sort of the last game uh, of the season. Um, so I just mentioned that we ended up finishing third uh, boys uh, out of seventh um, in the Southern Conference. So um, relatively uh, positive uh, season for Bath United and obviously hopefully um, we'll be seeing uh, lots more of, of these young guys and these Bath United players uh, coming through next season, G. Yeah, I think the sort of success of every Bath United season, kind of, you can only really tell that in sort of the following two to three years. Because I think if you look look, look back on the sides um, that plays with Bath United in two years and see how many of those guys are still at the club and now sort of in in like important positions within the within the playing squad, that's when you can tell whether it was a, a sort of successful team. And uh, and, uh, and and yeah, I think. Um, you know, maybe looking back at some of the Bath United teams in the past and, and half of them aren't at the club and then you look back at some of them and you think, oh, well, um, you know, we, we kept hold of them. So I think the success sort of only time will tell. Yeah, and a very uh, young team, I think it's it's just finally worth saying. Um, obviously, seeing this as a, a developmental uh, competition, um, unlike Bristol, clearly, um, who, are, who are playing their, uh, one of their top uh, paid players in that particular fixture. So, uh, yeah, if that's, if that's how they want to play it, then uh, fair, fair enough to them. <laughs> and just a shout out as well to, um, I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, Bath Lady Second 15, who um, actually won some silverware this season, winning the uh, junior plate at the RFU Women's Cup finals day. So, uh, silverware in the trophy cabinet, fellas. So, that feels pretty good. Brilliant, yeah. First time, first time in a while. So, congratulations uh, to those yeah. guys, of course. Todd can dust it off before he leaves. Exactly. <laughs> right. So, before 
we move on to talk about, um, as I say, uh, the game against Sale Sharks um, on Friday. Um, sort of a, a bit of a break from the from the, all the serious stuff, Charlie. I believe you've uh, prepared a, a topical Sale Sharks yeah, quiz just, for us, haven't you? Just a just a, a short one, you know, to get us in the mood to preview this game. And uh, thought I'd look back at a, a couple of other fixtures and see uh, see if I can test your uh, your boys' memories. So yeah, I think Tom, I'm going to ask no calculators, uh, no no <laughs> still, Google, still bitter. Yeah, no, no, you know, please none of that. But yeah, if you if if you've uh, have you got a pen down the line, Gabe, or, or, or something you can jot down on? Yeah, I've got my pen. Yeah, well, uh, uh, well, I'll, I'll kick it off then. So it, it, they're all kind of sale-related questions. Um, so I'll, I'll kick it off with, 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 with number one. So how many players started in, uh, in the fixture this year in round nine at home at the wreck against Sale Sharks that started in the same fixture last year? Give you a choice of four options. For, is this for both sides? No, for, for Bath. Okay. So for Bath. So the, who who started at the wreck in last season's fixture that also started in the in the same fixture this year at the wreck? So you have options of two, four, seven, or ten. And I'll give you a bonus point if you can name any of, of the players, but uh, you'll be be negative marks Oof. if you uh, if you name them wrong. So you can okay. you feel feel how confident you are on, on any of those. Okay. So two, four, seven, or ten. Number two. Tw- sorry, mate. Is it the twenty-three or the fifteen? Fifteen. Uh, the starting fifteen. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, number two. Who was pulling the strings at ten that day? Last year. Um, cool. Yeah, got that. Okay. So. Number three, who made their first premiership start for Bath versus Sale in round nine this year? Well, it was in December, so this season. Um, first premiership start for Bath. <laughs> right. Okay. Mull that over. Number four. Yeah. So with Anthony Watson likely to return in a Bath shirt this weekend versus Sale, who was the last club he played against in a blue, black and white jersey? Ooh. Oh, great question. Oh, I know who that is. Oh, I think it's them. I'm pretty sure it's them. All right. Oh, and that's a good question. Number five. Uh, I'll give closest, closest answer gets the point for this, this question. How many days was it since he last appeared? Oh, God, I know the date. This is about how bad my maths is. No calculators like, like, like Tom has. Oh, so, so, yeah, so I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a run-through of, of, of the questions just to, to, so you can recap while you think. So, number one, how many players started uh, in last season's fixture at the rec that also started in this season's fixture? Two, four, seven, or ten? Uh, extra point if you can name any players and minus points if you get any wrong. Uh, who was pulling the strings at 10 last season in that fixture? That was number question number two. Number three, who made their first premiership start for Bath versus Sale in round nine this year? Uh, who was the last club Anthony Watson played against for Bath? And how many days was it since he last appeared? Okay. Right. Are we ready? Last appeared, last appeared for Bath or for England? For Bath. Oh, for Bath. Yeah, for Bath. We don't, oh, this is sure. a Bath rugby podcast. 
I know, but I know the England one. one. I know okay. the Danish one. <laughs> right. Um, okay, that changes it. Oh, okay. Sorry, Tom. Mate. Yeah, cool. Do you want to kick it off? Question number yes. one. I went for seven. Okay. And my, I, I took the took the gamble on the player, Charlie. Yeah. I went for Tom Dunn. Okay. And Gabriel, what answers do you have? I went for four. And I went Cat. Nathan Cat. Okay, so the answer was four. Oh. So that's a that's a that's one point for you, Gabriel. Though you've both got a minus point because neither of those players were right. <laughs> uh, it was during one of our our uh, ravaged injury periods. So the only players uh, that started both that uh, that game and this game were uh, Henry Thomas, Elliot Stuke, Zach Mercer, and Carl Fotoalihi. Just to give you an idea of the team that did start that day, uh, I will quickly read it out. So we did have uh, Abano, Batty, Thomas, Garvey, Stuke, Mercer, Bayliss, Falatau. But then in our backs, it was Fotoalihi, Wilson, Cooper Vuna, Ben Tapawai, Will Hurrell, Alan Brew... <laughs> And Darren Atkins in our, on our back line. So yeah, we and uh, you know on the bench we had uh, we, we even had the likes of uh, of James Phillips, Lucas Naguera, Michael Van Vuren. Yeah, wasn't wasn't the strongest team we've had out. Jack Wilson, but uh, yeah. Anyway, going back to the questions, uh, we got the answer number two then. Oh yeah, I I, I trust. Uh, I can see Tom scribbled out Priestland. Oh, that's so <laughs> annoying. <laughs> Yeah, I've got Wilson. Yeah, yeah, I can see your notes, right? I'll give that point to you there. That's right. That's probably bad quiz mastering. But Tom, well, no, uh, I, I, yeah. I, I, I changed uh, it out of time. <laughs> I genuinely did. <laughs> you can't trust them as far as, as soon you as as soon as you said injury ravaged, I was like, I'm definitely changing. Right, okay, uh, changing yeah, that that's 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 not fair. Uh, so I think Tom, you're going to stay on minus one point. Oh, great. Uh, Gabriel, you will rise to one. So you've got a two point lead. Uh, number three, who made their first Premiership start? For Bath this year in against Sale, I've got no idea. I've got absolutely no idea. I went for Jacques Van Royen. Okay, and Gabriel. I'll start. go with um, Max Wright. Oh come on, boys! It's the Big Mac. It was McConaughey. Oh, was it? Yeah, McConaughey's oh, first enough. ever start. Uh, you know, first Premiership start for Bath. Yeah, he started uh, started at fifteen. Should have known McConaughey yeah. was going to pop up in Scores your quiz. Your quiz of course, Charlie. of course, it was. Uh, sorry, mate. Sorry, mate. Just quickly, so that was round nine. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so just round think nine, how think... well he's played since then, because, like, you know, when we're talking about sort of Bath players, seasons later on in the season, like he's right up there. And if he yeah. didn't make his first start till round nine, that's mm. telling of how sort of well he's played um, since then. Because well, yeah. they sort of they tried him out, didn't they, in various positions? Yeah, a couple of for Bath United. Yeah, um, and a couple of actually... uh, Premiership Cup games. Yeah, uh, he's, he be, he's, been, he's been managed very well to be honest. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Sorry. Anyway, uh, number four. Who was the last? club that Watson played against uh, I think it was Exeter I went for Sale <laughs> oh no okay it wasn't it wasn't Sale but uh, it was Champions Cup last year against Treviso when we were when we were striving <laughs> to get into yeah that was uh, that was uh, January last year just before the Six Nations and then obviously he was gone so yeah, it was Champions Cup last year, Treviso, when we tried, we were, oh, that exciting so game to... when we were trying to, to get through. So unassailable Are we allowed, are we allowed to change the, uh, the next answer then, given that you just told us his last game? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. a bit lower. I'm not, I'm not a very good quiz, quiz master, am I? This is a bit of a shambles. But yeah, number five, how many days was it since he last appeared? 
went 460. I've, uh, that's about right by the sounds of it. I've gone much too low. I've gone 399. Oh my goodness, Gabriel, you are two days off. <laughs> 458 days. Well, yeah. it doesn't get the point then, yeah. so that's fine. 20th of January last year. Oh, anyway. what can I say? My favourite boy is nearly back, so uh, I'm very much looking forward to it. I've been uh, counting up the days since he's been gone, so uh, yeah, I can't wait to see him back that's in probably action. probably why you're so close. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and yeah, I guess uh, one thing we can say is we hope uh, Bath's performance on, on Friday is uh, better than my performance there. I think I've ended that on on minus yeah. one, which has got to be <laughs> got to be a first. Um, and now let's, boys, let's talk about um, about the, that all important game. And you know, I said we say that every week. Obviously, only three games uh, to go now um, in the Gallagher Premiership, and as it has been the whole season, um, it's very, very tight, um, sort of in the guts um, of the table at the moment. Um, how important, G, um, is this? Not only. Um, looking at the rest of this season, but also looking looking ahead to to, to, to next season as well. Yeah, I sort of hate the expression uh, which is used all the time in in rugby and in sport, which is sort of must win. Because I I don't really understand which game isn't sort of must win. Like I think it's a really odd expression, but this is you know must win. Like we can't afford to to, to slip up, especially if we've got top four still in our mind. Which um, I saw Todd Blackout in the press today said that it's still doable, even though it's unlikely. If that's going to happen, we've got to win three from three. But I think. You know, we've got to start these three games. We've had a little break now, and these three games, we've got to start well. And I think that obviously starts against Sale. And I, you know, I, I love to be sort of optimistic about these things, as, as you guys well know. But um, sort of looking at the prospective records of the of the two sides when they've come up against each other uh, recently. Um, so Bath's pre- oh, like Bath's previous victory in the um, in the Premiership at AJ Bell was all the way back in 2014, mm. um, and Bath's only away victory since September this season was against Wasps at the Rico. Um, on top of that, Sale have won their last three at the AJ Bell. So um, yeah, taking all those three things into account, I think Sale are good at home. We're obviously as I've just just shown bad away. I think taking those three two those three stats into account, like it's going to be a really tough day for us on Friday night. Yeah, and and just, I guess, taking a step back, Charlie, thinking about the sort of the week's training uh, sort of in the lead-up to the game, obviously the game being on the Friday night um, reduces uh, sort of the the number of days um, we have available to train this week. On top of that, I know that often... Um, Bath will go up on the Thursday night, um, given that the Age of Bell is obviously not 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 close by. So that that really has an impact on sort of the training that we're able to put in this week, doesn't it? Well, seeing as we've had a week off, I don't think the that boys have re- been sunning themselves over the bank holiday. Yeah, I know, but I, I think I think that that I can't become into it too much. I think they would have trained hard last week, a couple of days off over the weekend, over Easter, and then uh, yeah, and then back at it this week. I don't think you know the 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 reduced um, training time, you know, for it being on a Friday night, is going to is going to make that much of a difference. I think I think the main thing is is as Gabriel highlights is 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 our, is our away form, and it is, tends to be when we go away that we are so inconsistent and we can't put in a, a, a reliable performance. Well, we're, yeah, well, I, I'd say that we're we're not inconsistent away. We're we're consistent, but we're consistently pretty terrible. <laughs> yeah, well, in comparison uh, to our home performance, is what like, I'm trying to say. I know, I know exactly what you mean, mate. But yeah, I think like our away record is something that we need to highlight looking ahead to to sort of next season. But yeah, hopefully it will start on Friday night an improvement in the away form. Yeah. 
So um, where, where do we see this game won and lost then, looking at the actual game? Where do we think, um, you know, are areas where we can potentially exploit against Sale? And where do we think potentially that, that Sale have the edge and, and, and that they'll be targeting um, in training this week? Gee, start with you. Yeah, I think um, sort of something we've started to speak a little bit about over the past couple of weeks, guys, and, and that's the breakdown battle. I don't think we've had the, the best of it, certainly against Gloucester in our in our previous fixture. Um, we've not won the penalty count against Bristol or against Gloucester. Um, and I think that has been, a, and I said last week, I think that's a massive part of that is the fact that we're just not getting enough success at the breakdown. And you know, this week it's the battle of the potential England sevens at the World Cup, Underhill against um, whichever Curry it is that, that plays for England, and, and his brother might Tom. be on the other flank as well. So I think it's vital, absolutely vital, that we win that that breakdown battle, and we see an improvement in that area. Hopefully, that's something the boys have been working on in these sort of two weeks that we've had off, winning that breakdown battle, and not just being reliant on on, on Underhill as well, because I think against Gloucester he didn't have his best game, but with Cat um, sort of out of the side you know he is the only jackler in that team and I think other boys need to step up and, and help him and, and yeah I think the breakdown is going to be absolutely pivotal on, on, on Friday night we need to get on the right side of the referee um, and we need to win that penalty count yeah completely agree and it's something I've spoken about the last couple of weeks and I think it's become um, sort of increasingly evident obviously after we lost Francois Lowe to injury for the rest of the season because he does a ridiculous amount of work um, around the breakdown he is such a, a strong jackaler and um, yeah I think we haven't been helped in that we've got on the wrong side um, of the referee who potentially hasn't seen um, the right pictures by some of these guys who I do actually think are trying to uh, fill Francois Lowe's uh, boots in that department but I think um, they have struggled so yeah for me completely agree with you G that is a that is a key area the other um, you know area I was going to highlight um, was uh, the scrum um, I think that's an important area against uh, Sale. I think one of the one of the most underrated players actually um, in the league is Ross Harrison at Lucid. He is so consistent, not only um, in terms of his tackling, his, his tackling stats are absolutely through the roof and, and have been for some time, but he is solid um, at scrum time. And that's why in particular, I was pleased uh, to see today um, that Bath announced that Max Laheef um, has recovered um, from um, what was an ankle roll um, that he limped off with um, against Gloucester. So he'll be um, in contention for that tight head spot alongside um, uh, alongside uh, Anthony Peronese. I think that's going to be uh, a key area, Charlie. Do you agree? Yeah, I, I'd say so. I think Bath, uh, sorry, not Bath, uh, Sales scrum is, 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 is a really potent weapon. And I think they actually do have one of the better scrums in the league uh, along, along with Bath. Uh, though, as you say, um, without Henry Thomas, I, I, th- I think it has been exposed, uh, the, the slight weakness that, that, that we have there. And I think you know, Laheef is, is, is the next cab off the rank after him. And if he was gone too, uh, I think that would be a, you know, a real area of concern. So uh, it's very positive to have him back. Uh, and I think he, he adds a lot of uh, aggression, I think, on the game line. One thing I noticed um, when he was on against Gloucester, and I don't know if you if you saw the same thing. He really it was obviously um, a massive, massive guy, absolutely ripped to shreds, as we know. He's, he seems to spend most of his time walking around in budgie smugglers, and and you know why wouldn't you? But he was flying out of the line um, and really uh, winning the collisions. And I think that's something that we'll need to do early uh, to sort of stamp our authority uh, on the game. Yeah, I think we're definitely going to have to take the game to him uh, because. I think they they are a very physical side. You know, we, we've spoken about how physical they are at the at the breakdown. They're they're a real presence in that area, and and on the gain line they are as well. Uh, I think 
uh, I think where, where they really struggled, they obviously lost against Worcester away last uh, last week. And I think where they really struggled in in, in that game was uh, was out wide. And uh, you know, uh, Bryce Heem ran in a double. Uh, and yeah, I think it, it's that's really where where they're going to struggle. So I think if we're able to spread the ball and and get it out to uh, to, to to our wingers and 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 really you know push the outside channels, I think that's where we're going to make uh, make make most yards. Yeah, I think the, the back three battle is so exciting this weekend. Like we've mentioned there briefly, Anthony Watson, hopefully due to be back. Uh, Semester Rocket and Gooney as well, um, hopefully due to be back. So who Bath pick sort of in the back three? You know, I don't know. And I've spoken about one England clash in the back row, but another England clash sort of in the back three. Um, and that is... Uh, Anthony Watson up against Chris Ashton, who was back in the sales squad uh, for their defeat in the um, Challenge Cup semi-final. The first time he'd been back in their squad for for over a month. And so him and Watson sort of fighting for one place, uh, for one ticket to uh, Japan in the in the summer, in the in, in October, I think. So uh, that's going to be a fascinating battle to battle two guys back from injury um, and yet up against each other. So that's one I can't can't sort of wait for. What I was just going to say before before you go on, say Watson's back fit available for selection. Um, I think you know I know what you're going to say here. Say Rocco Daguni um, is also available for selection. Obviously, the current back three of uh, Big Joe. Um, Tom Homer and Rory McConaughey going really well. Of those five guys, who do you pick and where? Yeah, so I'd uh, I'd stick with Thokonasiga uh, and McConaughey on the wings, uh, and I'd bring Watson straight back in to, to the 15 jersey, and I'd have uh, Rocket Aguni uh, on the bench. I think uh, I don't know what that would do to our sort of balance on the bench, but I think you know if we need a game breaker at the end, you know that's four game breakers in the 23 in the back three. So I think I'd go with that. Like you'd be very harsh to, to drop either McConaughey or Thokonasiga for for Rocket Aguni. So uh, key that we get Watson back in, but um, I think we can hop, keep our powder dry with, with Rocco Daguni and have maybe uh, a bit of impact off the bench, perhaps something we've lacked in that area this season. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you on that, Gabriel, because, you know, uh, if if we do need to you know, bring Watson off, he's likely he won't be able to play the full 80, then McConaughey can, can uh, switch back to fullback because he's obviously very competent in that position. We've talked about his, his skill under the high ball uh, countless times this season. Charlie, can I just ask you a, a question? This is going back to a, a tweet uh, we had in from, from Tim Parsons. Um, and it's about Jonathan Josie, who obviously has been, as we said, uh, looking sharp. And and Tim says, do you think that JJ is trying too hard to impress England selectors and hampering our ability to get the ball out to our wingers? I think we've mentioned in the past that, you know, Big Joe um, and to an extent McConaughey haven't necessarily had um, as much ball. Do you think it's that's a function of, of JJ maybe not not passing as much as he as he should be, or do you think um, it's on Joe and Rory McConaughey uh, to go looking for it a little bit more? Uh, I, I I don't think you can put that all on on all on Joe's shoulders. Yes, he's obviously he's got England England in his mind, but he's he he if he's if he's going to be hogging the ball, that he's not going to you know look good on his his, his England chances. You know, you're not going to be you're not be picking someone because they're hogging the ball for example like they you look you look at his his ability to you know to, to conjure things out of nothing you know, his, his his kick through against bristol springs to mind and that's 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 his ability to link up with the players outside of him and know what the best options are so i don't really think yeah. that that argument holds much weight uh, i think yes the wingers do have to do have to go looking for the ball a bit more but uh, but i i, I think uh, 
a lot of that argument, perhaps not getting the wingers into into the game, comes from ten and how they're how they're distributing the ball earlier on. Uh, and I think and I think Freddie Burns did a really good job of that actually when he was on the field against Gloucester. Yeah. I completely agree with you. I think um, one of the things that Joseph's really added relative to what we were getting with um, his distribution, with, with, with Max Clark yeah. and, and, and Max White was his, was his distribution. So, yes, I agree with you um, on that one. So, all right, G, we're putting you in the shoes of uh, Todd Blackadder um, or Stuart Hooper or, or indeed who is, whoever is designing uh, the strategy uh, to beat Sale on Friday. Um, where are their weaknesses? Uh, what are you targeting um, and, and how are we going to sort of implement that um, on Friday night? I mean, I mean, Top Black had his new shoes in my with all of his, uh, all his Japan money. Um, no, I think uh, one area that where we can sort of get an upper hand and one area that, that's going to be key, you mentioned the scrum, but um, the line-out as well. Like, we really need to get that right, like, not just the line-out, but also our sort of more set-up um, and, 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 and clinicality in that area when we get close to the line. Like, we've seen on a number of occasions where we've sort of gone for the corner uh, and not come up with points because we've sort of had the ball turned over. So I think that's the area uh, where they need to improve that and, and the breakdown. I don't think Sale are necessarily weak at the breakdown. In fact, in fact, I think the opposite. And so that's why I think we need to nullify them there um, and then maybe exploit them where, where they are weak, which perhaps is out wide, as, as Charlie mentioned, or sort of in the... In in the, the mall area so uh, yeah that, that's what I'd be doing if I was um, in Todd Blackadder's uh, new shoes yeah and I think one thing as well um, that we've done well is is a sort of territorial kicking um, I think Preston's been doing that well for a bit now and, and Burns did that uh, while he was on against Gloucester um, fantastically well and it'll be really interesting Charlie to see um, actually who who is chosen to start um, in that 10 shirt would you go would you go Burns or, 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 or 52nd Freddie uh, well, it's the same person, isn't it? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Fifty second, Freddie or or or, 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 or Reece. Priestland, yeah. Was was Reece, was Priestland? Was he 80, 80, yeah. 80 minute Trojan? Um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm 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 fifty second, Freddie. Uh, to be honest, I think I think he 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 does get that bat line firing in a way that Priestland doesn't. Uh, and I think you know we we you've, you've mentioned uh, the, the the sunny weather that we've had over the weekends, and I think yeah we're coming into a more summer style, and I do think that suits Freddie's style of play, ability to throw the ball around. Uh, you know I think uh, I think also the, the way the way he managed the game against Gloucester was uh, was exceptional while he was on the field, and he was certainly Bath's best player on the day. Uh, I I think you know. Uh, it came out uh, about about his yeah. uh, his cramp etc. So hopefully he can overcome that this week and it won't it won't come to bite him. Uh, come uh, come fifty minutes in. Or- yeah, and I think I think looking at the sales selection, um, obviously G you mentioned uh, Chris Ashton who's been playing at fullback for them um, when when he's been available. Um, but otherwise, Luke James um, has been starting. Uh, at fullback uh, for sale, who's obviously um, a young guy and, and generally has played centre um, while he's been at the club. So I think if he's at 15, um, certainly that sort of territorial uh, kicking and putting him under pressure, um, I think will be will be important on on Friday night. Right, boys, as uh, as we always do, um, I think some uh, some predictions uh, are in order, but I'm going to get you to get you to justify uh, these a little bit. Um, so, G, what is your uh, what is your prediction for for Friday, and, and and how do you see it going briefly? Yeah, well, I've, I've just highlighted all I seem to have said is how sort of bad our away record and how uh, good their home record is. Um, but yeah, I I do think um, Bath are 
are going to win. And I'll tell you how <laughs> I am um, going to, to justify that now, Tom, because although I said uh, Sale have won their previous three at the AJ Bell, um, they haven't won four there since um, since January 2018. So, uh, yeah, for that reason and that reason alone, I think uh, Bath are going to get a win. And, um, yeah, I don't think that's much of a surprise. So, yeah, let's give Blackadder a good, a good well-deserved send-off. Well, so, yeah, they, they've a whole year since they won four in a row. Wow, that really puts the stats against them. Um, yeah, Charlie, can we actually have some justification here, please, mate? <laughs> yeah, uh, so yeah, I, I think... Uh, as, as much as my heart's telling me that Bath are going to win, uh, I, th- I think this has got this has got a uh, seems to have a, an undeserved loss written all over it again. I think that just seems to sum up what's going on, uh, and I think we're just going to have to uh, pull it back against Wasps and Leicester in the final two games. Uh, I, uh, I, uh, yeah, I think I think we're going to get overpowered at the breakdown. I'm, I'm not sure we're going to be able to resolve that. Uh, so yeah, I'll put it down to that, Tom, and yeah. Bath lose out by three points. Ooh, that'll be a that'll be a, a heartbreak, won't it? At this stage in the season, um, I think I'll, I, I agree with you. Uh, to be honest, Charlie, Sale are a very hard side to beat. Um, to, to, to beat at the AJ Bell, um, I think we've highlighted quite a few of the, the main areas there. I think um, they're very dangerous out wide um, for a start, and I'm not sure our defence um, potentially will hold up for the full eighty minutes. And I think there's a you know. Uh, a chance that we will get quite badly uh, pinged at the breakdown um, with some of the players they've got in that that back row. You know, you mentioned the Curries and and John O'Ross as well. So, um, unfortunately, I will also uh, side for a, a sale win, and I think by probably slightly more. I expect it to be something like seven or eight points. Um, to be honest, I think I, th- I think we will lose, but obviously, very very um, happy to be to be proved wrong. Um, and uh, guys, I guess on the bright side, um, sort of, we are the only uh, team um, in this very congested uh, sort of fifth to eighth uh, region that hasn't got to play um, a team in the top four in the remaining uh, three fixtures. So um, I guess if we can't uh, get this win, um, then hopefully um, we might uh, uh, potentially have a better chance of, of securing those last two two victories and ending up obviously crucially um, in that in that top six. Excellent. Okay, boys. Um, well, I think unless you guys have got anything to add on on the sale game or, or indeed anything else, we'll sort of we'll sort of uh, round things off there. Um, thank you very much uh, to everyone uh, for listening and for bearing with us for what's been uh, a longer podcast this week, but um, obviously a lot to a lot to discuss, uh, a lot to look back on, and obviously a lot uh, to look forward to. Uh, exciting times. Um, at the club or nervous times at the club, depending on on which side um, of the fence um, you're, you're you're on. So uh, yeah, I think stick with uh, the club thick and thin as we always as we always do, boys. Um, as I mentioned, get in touch with us um, at Bath Rugby Plug um, with anything you'd like to say uh, about the podcast this time or anything you'd like us to to discuss going forward. We really appreciate uh, sort of all your all your comments and and feedback. It's sort of it, it is the reason we we continue to, to to do the podcast. So yeah, thanks very much for that. Hope you've uh, enjoyed the podcast and you enjoy the the sale game on BT Sport uh, from seven pm um, on Friday. So uh, yeah, until until next week. Uh, thanks, Charlie. Cheers, Tom. And cheers, Gabriel. Dying times ahead, boys. Thank you.